Welcome to Quarantine Campfire. I'm your host, Mikey Law, and without further ado, let's get started. So this episode is, uh, it's not going to be an episode. It is going to be an episode, don't get me wrong, but it's not going to be a story. Because um, wouldn't you know it, I'm not that exciting. <laughs> I'm not. That Storage Night trilogy was like the best I had in years, and I wasn't even the protagonist for that. I was like, it's like the narrator in Greg Gatsby. I had all the details, it's just wasn't about me. <laughs> so I'll keep looking for those. But in the meantime, I did have a thought experiment. I wanted to run by you guys. Because uh, I actually do think that this is a little important to talk about. So lately, um, because of this weird little break in my life between college and starting my own life, you know, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of in between chapters uh, in a sense. But one of the nice things about it is I actually get to spend time with my family again, you know, in a way that you don't really get when you're in college. And now it's cool to have that now that number one, I'm out of college. Number two, I've had so many years, well, not so many years, but just so much time to grow. You know, college really, or just that time in your life, quite frankly, regardless of whether or not you go to college really changes you. So being able to kind of come back home in a sense and really explore this new you in this old setting is really fun. And lately, we've been watching this show called Ted Lasso. And we had this recommended by so many family friends. We, you know, it, it was on our watch list for a while. And then finally, we sat down and we watched it. And it, it was insane. We were hooked immediately. Like we didn't take to it like ducks to water. It felt like we took to it like raindrops to water. Like we loved this thing. We love, love, love this show. In fact, uh, when we were at dinner, we were talking about our favorite characters, but we got into like the psychology of the characters because everybody is so, you know, deep and well thought out and fleshed out and the writing and the pacing is perfect. It's just, it's a wonderful show. But those aren't my favorite things about Ted Lasso. My favorite thing about Ted Lasso, and maybe this is unintentional. Let me rephrase that. I hope this is unintentional. I love the fact that Ted Lasso... I, I love Ted Lasso's timing in the world. Namely, I love that it came out when we were in the middle of a pandemic. And because we kind of like got swept into the marketing campaign for season two, for us, we were introduced to this show really in 2021. So roughly a year since COVID-19, you know, came into the picture. And I love Ted Lasso for its timing in the world. It's it's contextual timing. Now, I want to put a pin on that because I also want to explain something a little uh, something a little bit. There we go. <laughs> I don't know if that works, but we're just going to go with it. Something a little bit about Vegas's history. Because it's got a lot. It's got a lot of history. Um, but there was one thing that immediately reminded a reminded me of Ted Lasso. Maybe that's because they're both sports related, but it automatically reminded me of the Golden Knights. 
And for anybody who doesn't watch hockey, um, I totally get you. <laughs> I've, I've never watched hockey um, at all growing up. Uh, my biological father, when he was in the, when he was still in the picture was a football man. In fact, he was a 49ers fan. So, um, we got to watch a lot of that growing up. And then once he was gone, so was football, which I was cool. I didn't really follow football too much. Um, but for me, I was, I was more of a UFC guy. Like MMA was, was my sport. That was, that's, that's my go-to. Either way, hockey was never really, never really on my radar. And the Golden Knights popped up when I was in college. And I went to college in Utah, the state right next to Vegas. So I kind of missed that whole like explosive, hey, we're on the scene now um, kind of vibe that the Golden Knights gave to Vegas. So it was really weird for me to see all of this Golden Knights merch just pop up out of nowhere. You know, when we never had a sports team, Vegas wasn't really known for its sports, you know. And I remember it being kind of a big deal for me when my grandparents came to visit me. So it was kind of an unspoken tradition that whenever my grandparents were in, uh, were in Utah, they would pick me up and we would go to IHOP for, uh, for breakfast and play catch up for like an hour or two. And when I saw them, they were both wearing golden night shirts. And I remember looking at them and, you know, kind of playing the, the skeptic. And I went, guys, you don't watch hockey. You're not hockey fans. Like I, I don't know. We don't know any teams in hockey. You know, we know some basketball teams like we know about the Bulls, but that's because we love Space Jam. You know, we know about football because we, you know, we did that for a while. I, I don't understand. Like, why? Why are you guys suddenly hockey fans now? Because there's a new team that just sprouted out of nowhere that just so happened to be in the city that you live in. Like, I, I never understood that. Like, I always thought sports teams were kind of oh what's the word they're they're like rooted in the culture of the city so they're kind of like subcultures within subcultures like that's why to me i'm never going to be a raiders fan i'm sorry i'm just not like that new raider stadium that they're building it's a black hole in the strip i'm gonna say it right now it is i i don't like it because to me the Raiders aren't part of Vegas culture. They're part of Oakland's culture, right? So yes, technically the Golden Knights are Vegas culture because they started in Vegas, but they were so new to me that I, I was I was skeptical for a while. And I remember voicing my concerns with my mom uh, when I was talking to her on the phone. And my mom brought up a really... I think it's a really good point, but I also think that it's something worth exploring a little bit more. She said, well, well, you got to think of it this way. I think the people of Vegas really needed something to unify them and root for after the shooting. 
And suddenly that clicked with me because a couple of months, if not a couple of weeks or hell, maybe even a couple of days before the Golden Knights had their first season, there was a shooting at the Cosmopolitan. And I think at the time it was one of, if not the highest kill count of any shooting in the U.S. at that time. I don't know if it beat the Orlando nightclub shooting, but it was really, really close. I remember that. And even though I wasn't in Vegas when the shooting happened, even though I wasn't in Vegas when the Knights had their first game, suddenly things started to come into into focus. Because I remember how terrified I was looking at my phone and seeing the sudden news that my hometown was experiencing a shooting. And all I could do was just was just read about it from my my damn Facebook feed. And I remember that day, a couple of my a lot of my friends and I from Vegas didn't go to class and we all just kind of sat together and gave each other moral support while you know we waited for people's text messages and phone calls to go through and to make sure that everybody picked up and answered and you know i <laughs> i i never realized the timing of all of that and so some people can be like me where they shrug it off and they say it's <laughs> it's a team that plays a sport on ice in a city in the middle of the desert why would this matter i don't think the fact that they're a hockey team in your hometown is what matters i think it's the timing of something wonderful happening after a really really bad thing happening and here's the thought experiment that i kind of wanted to run by with you guys i feel like there is a secret cta in a disaster or in something bad now because that's what i was trained to to do in college um for those who don't know marketing terms, a CTA is is short for a call to action. This is basically the thing that you incentivize people to do after you give them their pitch, uh, your pitch. So like a really common example of this actually are in YouTube videos. If you watch a YouTube video, at the very end, they'll say, hey guys, thank you for watching my video. If you would be so willing, leave a like, ring the bell, um, subscribe, do this, do that. And what they're doing is that they're calling you to, uh, to take an action that will allow them to grow their channel and to hopefully monetize it in a way that they can keep doing what they're doing and never have to worry about money again, right? That's a call to action. And I started to notice that maybe there are call to actions in disasters, um, not in the sense of like, we need to go out and we need to do humanitarian work, although yes, that is a wonderful call to action from a disaster. A natural occurrence takes out a huge chunk of the community. Your call to action is to get rid of the rubble, save people from that rubble, rebuild houses. Those are all CTAs from disasters, and they're all good 
because of something bad that happened. The ability to really come together as a city and celebrate over hockey games, I think, was a CTA that happened in some aspects from the mindset and the mentality that Vegas had after that shooting. You know, and like it's still so relieving in a sense for me to drive down St. Rose Parkway, if anybody knows where that is in Vegas, and be so and be kind of excited to see that somebody still has a a sticker on their windshield that says Vegas strong. You know, there's a call to action that wound up being good. And I think for me, I kind of experienced that when I was watching Ted Lasso while drinking a glass of wine with my family. You know, because quarantine really incentivized us to stay inside and protect ourselves, and because of all the paranoia and the propaganda for and against Trump and for and against Biden and with the world really feeling like it's coming apart and we're being fed the wrong things at the wrong time, I think it really incentivized me to find a good CTA from that, I don't want to say disaster, but that, but from that bad thing happening. And for me, that was sitting down in in isolated areas, something that we all apparently got really good at during the quarantine, and just enjoying a funny show. And more importantly, a feel-good show, right? It wasn't like Game of Thrones where we all loved the production value and then, you know, and we loved the choreography and we loved how intense it was and how good the story was. And then we pretend seasons seven and eight never existed <laughs> but you know we could just sit down and enjoy a genuinely good show in fact i think there was a new york times article that said like ted lasso is set to be the beginning of a new era of sincere tv what a cool headline right and to think that by planting this idea or incentivizing this call to action, Sincere TV is a new call to action because of a pandemic that forced all of us to quarantine. If you're going to expose yourself to something digitally, why not have it be sincere? Why not have it be good feeling? I don't know how much merit that contains but that's what i really discovered for my for myself recently and <laughs> that's why in what is it now 15 minutes and 30 seconds why i love ted lasso and why i highly recommend that number one you get an apple tv subscription so you can go watch it and uh, while we're at it number two that's why I also advise you guys to uh, check out a Golden Knights game. Maybe it'll change the perspective a little bit. But that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, 
as always, I'll see you in the next episode. And at this point, you guys know the drill. Stay safe, stay healthy. <laughs>